Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Good morning, everyone. Jennifer LeClaire here with you, Senior Leader of the Awakening House of Prayer Global Movement, our headquarters, our church, our house of prayer, our healing rooms down here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Church services, 1047 a.m., 1.30 p.m. on Sundays. The rest of our schedule is on our website at awakeninghouseofprayer.com. If you can't get here, you can watch the first service online at ahop.online. There's tons of archives there for you to watch. Be encouraged, be blessed. At Awakening House of Prayer. Awakening Prayer Hubs, awakeningprayerhubs.com. Join the movement. We're looking to invade Europe at a greater intensity. We've got about 125 prayer hubs all over the world and six or seven houses of prayer now. Gosh, I lose count because God is moving in the realm of prayer. I tell you, God's not looking for more apostles and prophets right now. He wants them to be raised up and trained up, but he's got his heart beating for souls. And so he's looking for evangelists and intercessors. Intercession is my life's calling. And I invite you to be part of that at awakeningprayerhubs.com. Join that movement. There's never been a more critical time in my generation for prayer. Amen. God is good. I'm the founder of the Ignite Network, ignitenow.org, raising up prophetic people, prophetic family, prophetic dreams, prophetic visions, prophetic words. We're pressing in and God is good all the time. We're reading today from Mornings with the Holy Spirit. This is my first devotional, listening daily to the still small voice of God. And today's devotion is called Keep Your Eyes on Jesus. And here's what I heard the Lord say. Didn't I tell you I'd work everything out for good? Didn't I express my will to your heart? Aren't my promises yes and amen? The enemy tries to rob you of your faith, wear you out and burn you out by showing you all the things that could go wrong, says God. He tries to steal your peace by bringing difficult people into your life who oppose Father's will. Shut your natural eyes, seal your lips, and look on Jesus. He will deliver you from the narrow straits and take you into a broad place. Come on, come on, come on, come on. That's good. Keep your eyes on Jesus. 
Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Romans 8, 28, 2 Corinthians 1, 20. Ephesians 6, 6 are the scripture references for today. Now the prayer starter. Thank you for reminding me of your word. I choose to walk in faith. I choose to lift up my shield of faith and quench all the flaming darts of the enemy. Help me keep my eyes off my circumstances and onto the author and finisher of my faith. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Father, we praise you this morning. We praise you this morning. We give you praise. (laughs) We praise you this morning, early in the morning. We praise you this morning, midday in some countries. We praise you this morning, evening in some nations. We praise you this afternoon, this evening. We praise you. I read in the Psalms today a scripture where the Bible says, I'll praise you seven times a day. Come on. We praise you this morning. We're going to praise you in the midday. We're going to praise you at noontime. We're going to praise you in the afternoon. We're going to praise you in the early evening. We're going to praise you in the midnight hour. Come on. We praise your holy name. There's never been a better time to praise the Lord. He is good and his mercies endure forever. I said there's never been a better time to praise the Lord. He is sovereign in the nations. There's never been a better time to praise the Lord. He is creator of all things. Elohim. There's never been a better time to praise the Lord. He is righteous and he is holy. There's never been a better time to praise the Lord. He is all powerful and he is everywhere in all things. There's never been a better time to praise the Lord. He loves you and he's watching over you affectionately. There's never been a better time to praise the Lord. He is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, and he watches over his word to perform it in your life. There's never been a better time to praise the Lord. He's still in the healing business. He is still the deliverer with a capital D. There's never been a better time to praise the Lord. He won't you up this morning, didn't he? Oh, Jesus, we praise you in the nations today for we are fearfully and wonderfully made in your image. You've got your hand upon our life and you will not let us go. I said nothing. No one can snatch us from the hand of our almighty God. We praise you this morning because you've got our backs and you've gone before us to make a way for us. We praise you this morning because you care about us so deeply and you'll never, never, never leave us or forsake us even to the end of the age. We praise your holy name this morning and we thank you, Lord. Would you make us holy even as you are holy? God, we want to press in to a deeper measure of holiness. We want to go deeper into your spirit. We want to go deeper into your love. We want to go deeper into your kindness. We want to go deeper into your gentleness. We want to go deeper. Come on, deep is crying out to deep this morning. I feel a call to the deep end. I feel a call to the deep things of God. I feel a call to go deeper in revelation. I feel a call to go deeper, 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 deeper into the secret place, the place reserved just for you and him, the meeting place. How can two walk together unless they've agreed? How can two walk together unless they know where they're going? How can two walk together? Oh God, we want to walk with you in a deeper way. We're not satisfied. (laughs) 
We're content in Christ, but we're not satisfied because we know there's more. We want to walk with you in a deeper way. We want to be more aware of your presence. We want to be more sensitive to your heart. We want to be more aware of your promptings. Oh, Jesus, we're not satisfied with where we are, the state in which we find ourselves, the glory in which we rest. It's a good glory. It's a good faith. It's a good strength. But we know there's more. We know there's another glory and then another glory and then another glory and then another glory and then another glory. glory. After that, there's glory to glory to glory for all eternity There's a deeper place in you to go, to dwell, to search out, to seek and to find. So we're seeking your face early in the morning. We're going to seek your face in the noontime. We're going to seek your face in the evening hours. Oh God, help us to be a generation that seeks your face continually. Help us to be a generation that seeks you and finds you when we search for you with our whole heart. God, we give you our whole heart because we want to go deeper and we know the only way to get there is a deeper surrender. It's a deeper surrender. It's a deeper surrender. It's a deeper abandonment. It's a deeper sacrifice. It's a deeper determination. It's a deeper way. Oh, Jesus, we want to go deeper still. We praise you because you are the God of the deep. (laughs) You are the God of the deep and your deep cries out to our deep. And there's a hunger that's rising in us. There's a thirst that's rising in us. There's a zeal that's rising in us. There's a fervency that's rising in us to pray, to seek your face, to sit in your presence, to hear your voice. Oh, we thank you, Lord, this morning that you've given us the gift of hunger. You've given us the gift of hunger. We can't even hunger and thirst after you unless you give us the grace, the gift to hunger. So stir up that hunger in us. If there be anybody listening to the sound of my voice who's not hungry and thirsting, there's not hungering and thirsty Jesus. If there's anyone under the sound of my voice that doesn't have that deep, unquenchable desire to go deeper, 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 hungrier, thirstier, ever getting filled, ever getting filled, ever getting filled, but ever thirsty. Knowing there's more, knowing there's more, knowing there's more, knowing there's more. (laughs) God, give us that gift of hunger. Your word tells us those who hunger after righteousness, those who hunger after thirst, they shall be filled. They shall be satisfied. The satisfaction only lasts for a moment. And then we hunger again. Then we thirst again. Just like with natural things. We got to eat three times a day. Oh, what if we got before the Lord three times a day? What if we bowed in his presence three times a day? What if we lifted up our voice three times a day? What if even still, even better, all the more? What if we just walked in his presence continually? What if we were aware that he was listening all the time? What if we were cognizant of the reality that he's speaking to us more than we're hearing him? Oh God, would you make us more aware of your presence so that we can accept your invitation to go deeper still? Oh Jesus, there's more. 
There's more. You don't have to be discouraged when you get in the deep end. Come on. You don't have to be distressed. Just get in the deep end. The deep end where the spirit of God washes over you. The deep end where you're submerged, emerged in the Holy Ghost. The deep end where your worries, they fade away. They're submerged in the Holy Ghost and he carries them off. As carries them off. He carries off your sins. He carries off your worries. He carries off the striving. He carries away the anger. You don't have to be discontent. You, when you live in the Holy Ghost, when you live in the spirit, oh God, it's one thing to walk in the spirit. It's another thing to live in the spirit. (laughs) Sometimes God, we're going to confess it this morning. Sometimes we've just got to confess it this morning. Sometimes we walk in the spirit and then we walk out of the spirit. Sometimes we walk in the spirit for a while, for a few minutes, for a few hours, for a few days. We walk in the spirit and then we walk out of the spirit. We walk in the flesh. We walk in worry. We walk in fear. We walk in doubt. We walk in unbelief. Oh, sure. We do really well. Some days we're walking in the spirit. And when we walk in the spirit, we're walking in joy. And when we walk in the spirit, we're walking in peace. And when we walk in the spirit, we're walking in faith. And when we walk in the spirit, we're walking in courage. And when we walk in the spirit, we're walking in love. And when we walk in the spirit, we're walking in patience. And we do well some days and sometimes. But then something happens unexpectedly. Somebody pushes our buttons. Somebody provokes our soul. And we find ourselves walking right out of the spirit and into the flesh. And we begin to walk in anger. And we begin to walk in fear. And we begin to walk in overwhelm. We begin to walk in a way that you've not called us to walk. We begin to walk in a direction that you've not ordered. You've not ordered our steps in the direction of doubt and paranoia. You've not ordered our steps into the direction of sickness and despair. You've not ordered our steps into the enemy's camp unless it's to take back what he stole or to send him packing for good. You are the God who orders our steps, but we've got to walk in the spirit. (laughs) And you're so good that you're so sovereign, you're providential, that sometimes even when we walk in the flesh, you find a way to reorganize our path. You work it out according to your will. You always do. That's how good you are. Sometimes despite ourselves, sometimes we don't even notice what you're doing behind the scenes because that's how good you are. We want to go deeper into your goodness. We want to go deeper into your glory. We want to go deeper into your heart. Can't stay where we are. There's more. There's more. There's more. We can't stay where we are when we know that there's more. Lord, show us the way. Teach us your ways, O God. Show us your paths, O God. Teach us your ways, O God. Show us your paths, O God. Your paths lead to life. Your paths lead to fullness of life. Your paths lead to abundance. Your paths lead to joy. Your paths, yes, sometimes they lead through narrow places constricted by pressure because you have called us to walk the narrow road. And let's get real. Sometimes the path he orders for us does contain some suffering. Why? Why? Because it's conforming us into the image of God. And all the suffering does is whittle away the flesh that keeps us back from the greater glory. If you could understand the purpose in suffering, I know you don't want to hear this. I don't like it either. But if you could understand the purpose in suffering, 
you would despise it so much you wouldn't resist it so much you'd find a way to walk in peace through your suffering if you understand the purpose of suffering God's not bringing it but sometimes he allows it to morph us to conform us into the image of Christ that is the only way that we're conformed is through the dying of our flesh the crucifying of our flesh and most of us won't choose to crucify our flesh with any measure of consistency we do so in certain areas for a little while but there's other areas that we don't even know need to be crucified and God in his mercy will allow situations to arise and he won't just automatically snap his fingers and solve it he'll allow us to trust in him to walk through it he'll allow us in his providence to walk through a trial leaning and, and, and leaning into his strength and holding on to his hand and understanding at a deeper level on the other side of the trial that he was with us and that it's going to be all right that's how our faith is deepened we don't gain faith by having God hand everything to us on a silver platter that's the American gospel but it's not the given the Christ given gospel the Christ given gospel says you want to go deeper pick up your cross and follow me you want to go deeper put aside the childish things you still want to go deeper crucify your flesh you still want to go deeper mortification is the way you still want to go deeper there's going to be some spiritual warfare you still want to go deeper there's going to be some trials you still want to go deeper there's going to be some tribulation you still want to go deeper there's going to be some betrayals you still want to go deeper there's going to be some suffering you still want to go deeper do you still want to go deeper because the way to the deep end isn't through prayer alone but it's through dying to self self that gets in the way of what God wants to say the mindsets that we've developed over the course of a lifetime that are in error opposite anti-gospel what yeah your fearful mindsets are anti-christ God's not giving you a spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind so if God didn't give you that spirit of fear it can't be Christ it's got to be anti-christ we all want to go deeper somehow we think we're just going to float on a glory cloud if we say a simple prayer bow our heads and lift our hands but the way to the deeper life is on the narrow road the way to the deeper life is a life of surrender day by day Paul said this I die daily Paul said this it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me Paul said this I want to know the resurrection power but also the fellowship of his sufferings the American gospel loves the power of his resurrection I want to know the power of his resurrection Paul said I want to know the power of his resurrection he wanted to walk in the power of the resurrection of the Christ the Holy Ghost power but Paul had a balanced gospel it's in the Bible Paul said I want to walk in the power of the gospel the resurrection power the power that raised Christ from the dead I want to walk in that power and he did but you know what he also did he also walked in the fellowship of his sufferings he said if there any any suffering lacking in the in the in the crucifixion of Christ I take it in my body that's a whole nother picture isn't it but it's worth it it's worth it whatever you die to there's a greater life in exchange whatever you die to there's greater glory in exchange God never asked you to decrease without increasing his presence in your life 
I said, God never asks you to decrease without increasing his anointing in your life, without increasing his joy in your life. Whatever he asks you to get rid of, he's got something better for you. Whatever suffering you have to go through to get it, a lot of it, beloved, is just suffering in your flesh. It's just suffering in your soul because you don't want to trust God. Can I be real? I know it hurt when they betrayed you. It always does. But when we mature in Christ to another level, the sting of betrayal is hardly anything compared to the glory that rests upon us because of the persecution we endured. The Bible says when we are persecuted for Christ's sake, that his glory rests upon us. So you want more glory? You want more glory? You want more? Could it be possible that the path to greater glory is paved with persecution? Sometimes it is, beloved. Come on, I'm talking to you like a mother today. Sometimes it is. Sometimes the road to glory is paved with persecution. Sometimes the road to greater glory is paved with suffering. Look at every great general in the body of Christ. I don't mean just the ones with mega churches. I mean the true generals. I mean the true generals. The road to the deep end is paved with obstacles. And most of those obstacles, beloved, aren't actually demons. As much as I teach on spiritual warfare and as much as I'll stand here and tell you that, yeah, the devil's going to resist you, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that he uses your flesh to resist you and he uses your mind to resist you. In other words, he's not standing there with a pitchfork or a machine gun threatening your life. He's tempting you to take the easy road instead of the narrow road. He's tempting you onto another path, a path with less suffering a path that's broader. He's tempting you to sleep and stay in your bed or to not put your hand at the plow or not to work as hard as you should or pray as long as you should or study as much as you should. He's tempting you out of the things that would lead you. That's how the devil uses you. Most of your problem, most of my problem is not the devil. It's our inability to trust God when the devil is attacking. It's our inability to rise up in authority when the devil is attacking. It's our inability to resist him at his onset, but rather to complain and to whine and to moan and to groan. Most of our trouble with the devil wouldn't be too much trouble if we would just do what the word of God says. You want to go into deeper victory? Go deeper into the word. Father, we do want to go deeper. And we know there's suffering no matter whether we want to go deeper or not. So we might as well take advantage of it. Everybody suffers. Everybody has trials. Everybody has tribulation. Everybody loses people they love. Everybody gets betrayed. Everybody gets sick at times. It's not just the rain that falls on the just and the unjust. It's the trials too. So why waste a good trial? Why waste it? Why waste the suffering? If I'm going to suffer, bless God, I'm not going to waste it. I'm going to learn everything I can about that path so I don't have to go down it again as far as it depends on me. If I'm going to have to go through a trial, I'm going to squeeze every ounce of wisdom I can find out of that trial. So at least if I don't have to go through it again, I can tell somebody else how they can get through it faster. If I've got to walk through a wilderness, I'm going to learn every nook and cranny. So if I have to ever go back there again, I'll know the way out. Why waste your pain? Why waste your trial? Why waste your suffering? We're all going to suffer. We might as well just choose to believe God. There's such a peace and a rest and suffering if you're actually believing God. There's such a peace and a rest in your suffering if you're actually believing God. You can be actually happier in your suffering than you were before the suffering if you learn how to 
if you learn how to rest in him, if you learn how to rejoice in him, if you do what the Bible says to do, you can actually be more content in your state of suffering than you were before the trial came. You just have to learn what the word says and do it because it always works. It always works. I said the word always works. I don't like suffering either. I haven't gotten to that evolved state yet where I say, yay, I get to suffer. Hallelujah. But some people have. Don't waste your pain. Let it do in you what it's supposed to do, which is to put your eye on the one who can take away the pain, to put your eyes on Jesus. Those who put their mind on God, he'll keep them in perfect peace, perfect peace, not semi-peace, not up and down peace, not circumstantial peace. Those who put their eyes on God, who put their eyes on Jesus, God will keep them in perfect peace. He'll keep them in perfect peace. He'll keep you in perfect peace. Amen. I want to pray through one more thing with you today. Hit that share button, share it in your groups, share it on YouTube, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram. Share it somewhere right now because we're going to rebuke these demonic winds against your life. See, there's some things that we just have to walk through and there's other things we have to fight through. And there is a time when the enemy is just trying to get one up on you, a blind side encroaching on your territory. And God has given you authority. You don't just have to allow the enemy to sit there and beat you up. That's not part of your call to suffer. You don't have to allow the enemy to blow up your marriage, to blow up your career, to blow up your finance. You don't have to allow that. That is when you fight. I was reading this morning in Mark 4, and you know the disciples were told to go on the other side, get in the boat and go on the other side, and all of a sudden a storm boisterous came. A violent storm came upon them, and Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. He was chilling. He wasn't any more concerned about that storm than God sitting on the throne in heaven, than the Father himself. Didn't bother him. They would have made it to the other side despite the storm, but he used it as a teaching lesson. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And see, they wouldn't have drowned. God is sovereign. Jesus said, Let's go to the other side in the boat. So when the storm came, there was no way they weren't going to make it to the other side. Jesus was in the boat, and it wasn't his time to be crucified. Nothing was really going to happen. But he used it as a teaching lesson because... Sometimes storms do need to be rebuked. He got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. And what happened? The wind died down and it was completely calm. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Jesus got up. He ordered the wind and the waves. He, he issued a, a, an order from the throne room of heaven, authorized by the Father, filled with the Spirit. He got up and ordered the wind and the waves to be quiet. And the wind stopped and everything was calm. He rebuked it. He put a cease and desist order on the wind. Now, sometimes there's demonic winds that come against your life. And you've got to rebuke the wind. You've got to rebuke the demonic winds. See, Psalm 148.8 says that fire and hail, snow and clouds, wind and weather obey him. So if they obey him, they must obey the him in you. If they obey Christ, they must obey the Christ in you. 
And right now in the body of Christ, one of the most dangerous winds is the winds of false doctrine. The winds of false doctrine. You've got to rebuke these things. Don't let them come into your mind. Don't let them come into your church. Ephesians 4, 4 says, so that we may no longer be children. Listen, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. I'll tell you the truth. Some of you, your life is in a mess because you listen to a false prophet. Some of you, your life is in a mess. You find yourself in a storm boisterous because you followed the word of prophetic witchcraft. You aligned with the wrong network. You're chasing the wrong wind. And now the demonic winds are trying to blow down your house. Your dreams have been scattered by the wind. Scorching winds are visiting your soul because you believed a lie. You sown into the wrong ministry. False prophets can't provide you any kind of righteous harvest. Job himself, he said, I live in terror now. My honor has blown away in the wind and my prosperity has vanished like a cloud. He was dealing with a demonic storm against his life, but he didn't understand some of what we understand. The devil is a windbag. He tries to blow down your house, but when it's founded on the rock, when it's founded on Jesus, he cannot blow it down. He can huff and he can puff, but he cannot blow it down. So I rebuke the demonic winds coming against your life. I said, I rebuke the demonic winds coming against your life. We command them to be still. The demonic waves, be still. The demonic winds, stop in the name of Jesus. We put a cease and desist order on every demonic wind coming against our lives in the name of Jesus. We say to the sea, the raging sea that's threatening to overwhelm us, the demonic sea with all those marine demons on the inside, silence, be still, hush, peace, shut up. The demonic waves of imagination coming against our mind. We cast you down in Jesus' name. Stop, shut up, be still in the name of Jesus. We mute you in the name of Jesus. We mute you in the name of Jesus. We declare the scorching winds of demon power shall not come nigh our dwelling. Our dreams shall not be scattered by the wind. The wind will not blow down our house, nor will we chase demonic winds and false prophets. The kind of wind we want in our life is the Acts 2 wind, the mighty rushing wind, the Holy Ghost wind. Lord, let your wind fill the house where we're sitting. Let your tongues of fire rest upon us. Fill us again with your Numa life, your Zoe life, the wind of the Spirit blowing away the residue of spiritual warfare and the lies of the enemy from the past season. We will not be moved by demonic hurricanes, tornadoes, and turmoil. We will stand with our feet firmly rooted and grounded in Christ, standing on the rock. We serve a God who's able to make us stand. So Father, we thank you for the authority that you've given us in Christ. We don't have to submit to the demonic storms, the demonic whirlwinds. We stand in our authority now. And we praise your holy name as we walk into our victory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm telling you, this witchcraft thing is real. I know some of you, I see you, I see you giving a hallelujah to the false prophets on Facebook. Shocking. 
Shocking. Some of you, I see you agreeing with the false prophets. I'm like, wait, what? And you're in my network and you're over there saying hallelujah to the false. But have I not taught you better? Have I not taught you better? Are you wooed by the charisma? I don't ever want you to be wooed by whatever measure of charisma you think I might have. I want you to be wooed and compelled by the God in me to follow Christ. You follow me as I follow Christ. If I'm not following Christ, don't you dare follow me. I don't want to be responsible. If I fall into error, you stop following me. Discerning prophetic witchcraft. We've got to discern the prophetic witchcraft. Many of you aren't discerning it. I see you out there. I see you out there liking and sharing. I'm like, what are you doing? Coronavirus is a spirit. I saw people, I saw coronavirus in a spirit. It came and sat on my bed and its name was this. And I, what? There is no spirit of Corona. And you're liking this and you're sharing this and you're tagging me in it. Are you serious? Beloved, if you can be deceived by things like that, you can be deceived by many things. And there's going to be a great falling away. And you know, there's been different bishops and pastors that overnight stopped believing in hell. This deception is real discerning prophetic witchcraft. I've written a new book about it. Why? It's one of the most important books I've ever written in my life. And I didn't even decide to write it. A publisher contacted me and said, Jennifer, there is so much stuff going on out there and you have a voice to confront these things. And I need you to pray with me and pray for me because I know the devil is going to release massive. That's probably what some of the warfare we've been receiving. I see that Lord. <laughs> We've been receiving so much warfare this week. I know why, because we're right on the edge of this book release. And some of you, by the time you listen to the replay, you're going to, the books are going to be out. It's on Amazon. Go get a copy. It could save your spiritual life. Discerning prophetic witchcraft, exposing the supernatural divination that is deceiving spiritually hungry believers. I know you're hungry. I get it. I understand. I know you're hungry and it sounds good. I know it sounds good. Please go get a copy of this book, Discerning Prophetic Witchcraft. Dr. Bill Hammond wrote a special introduction to it. Discerning Prophetic Witchcraft, Exposing the Supernatural Divination that is Deceiving Spiritually Hungry Believers. Go get your copy now. Go get it. Don't wait. Don't forget. Discerning Prophetic Witchcraft. Go get that. Please. You're going to hear me talking a lot about it. I, I, it is something I've come against for 20 years. Discerning Prophetic Witchcraft. Go get that book. I'm passionate about it. Listen, you want to sow into the ministry, you can do that at jenniferleclair.org slash donate. You can become a partner there. You can sow a one-time seed there. You can use the Cash App. Cash App is dollar sign Jennifer LeClaire. You can use the Venmo. Venmo is at Jennifer LeClaire. You can use the text to give. Text to give is 754-701-2161. Text the word pray. 754-701-2161. Text the word pray. 754-701-2161. Text the word pray. PayPal is paypal.me slash Jennifer LeClaire. So you're sowing into souls. God is good. P.O. Box, P.O. Box 30563, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33303. Get on the mailing list at jenniferleclair.org. Awakening Prayer Hubs, awakeningprayerhubs.com. I need Awakening Prayer Hubs all through Europe. If you're listening from Europe, go join that Facebook group, Prophetic Words for Europe, and start sharing what the Lord is saying to you about Europe. Last year, we were in the UK uh, every month building houses of prayer and training prophets and prophetic people. You got to get on my email list to find out about that because I'm not going to put it out there publicly. God is good. All right, guys, share this with somebody before you get off, okay? Have a great day. I hope to be back with you later. Bless you. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. 
If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.